the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, only podcast on the internet sponsored by the Edible Chessboard. Put your taste buds in check. My name's Aaron. I'm here with our personal pals, Dave. Hey, boys. We have Brick. I would actually buy that. Yeah, pretty good, right? Again and again. Especially like ch- chessmen, chessmen cookies. Exactly, yeah. You find yourself losing, you just grab one and eat it. Be like, oh, sorry, <laughs> we can't play anymore because I just yeah. <laughs> ate one of the pieces and now the game's done. Yeah. We are missing old Irish Nico. He did join that flotilla of Irish fishermen to uh, fight the Russians in the Ukraine war. So we wish him well and look forward to hearing about his adventures soon. Today's topic is literary world adjacent. We haven't talked about this a lot, I guess, in the show, is magazines. They sort of form, are play an important role, I suppose, in publishing, especially for young writers trying to get some traction. You know, getting a story published in a magazine is a huge deal. But also even beyond the literary world, just the world of magazines and sort of that kind of like think piece writing in general. Uh, do we appreciate it? Do we like it? And what role do we see for magazines in the future? My magazine subscription days are, are past me, sadly. I think the last one I had was in New Yorker, and I finally... Got rid of it because I was they accumulated too quickly for me to to read all through all of them. But I do enjoy when I go home visit my parents. They both subscribe. They have a New Yorker subscription and like Bon Appetit and maybe something maybe Atlantic. And I enjoy reading through those when I go to visit them because I really like reading magazines. But they're such a physical burden. It's hard for me to subscribe to them. Uh, what about you two? Ooh, what kind of burden? <laughs> physical <laughs> burden, like because you have to carry them around. <laughs> well, yeah, couch to toilet and back. <laughs> but just like how they accumulate and you have to deal with that and get rid of them yeah more the space issue and like when i had the new yorker subscription i remember like when i finally ended it i like had a stack of like 20 of them that i hadn't even touched like not even like i was kind of halfway through reading most of them i was like i didn't open them at all and i was like these are already half a year out of day anyway and like i'm gonna what get through these and then start reading the next 20 that accumulated that time that there's no way just like the amount of and, and New Yorker is different because it's a weekly magazine, so that's a different case in some ways. But it just got to the point where I was like, I can't have this around. And so I had to to get rid of it because it just takes up too much space. But I'm also an apartment liver, so that's that's part of the problem too. Like, I have less space to store things in general. Mm. Do you guys subscribe to magazines digitally, or do you read them on iPads or stuff like that, or at all? I don't subscribe to any digitally. I still get the I still get book form and the New York Review of books. Oh, yeah. And I like both of those publications immensely. But like you with the New Yorkers, and that used to happen to me when I subscribed to that, is like if I don't start reading it within a couple of days of getting Mm -hmm. it in the mail, then it ends up in a pile, and then I never revisit it once it's in the pile. Right. I'm not sure what that's about. It's some kind of a weird like, oh, you know, I got this four days ago, so this stuff is already starting to become (laughs) obsolete, which is really not the case. but Stale. Yeah, it was written a month ago. Brick about you. Yeah, I actually have a recently started New Yorker subscription. Oh, I nice. can- canceled it years ago. I didn't buy it. I got it. Someone just signed me up for Christmas. So <laughs> they just started showing up in my house. Apparently it took two months to get up and running. But And right. I've gotten three of them and I've read one article. And that seems like a good... <laughs> like a good amount for me and I flipped through them. But I used to read like as a kid, like magazines were like a fairly formative reading experience. Oh yeah, totally. And then I just sort of stopped. They, they, it seems like part of it is they became something else where they, uh, like now when I think of magazines, I think of like kind of glossy things that are like 
expressly made to be put on a table in like a doctor's office, you mm. know? And that's not, I mean, that's just, they just became homogenized, I guess, is, is what it feels like. They're all kind of the same. Mm. And that I didn't really have a need to, for that since that also all existed on the internet. I think for a little while when they were like basically giving them away on iPads, I, I tried for a bit. I just, there's nothing, I wasn't getting anything out of it that I wouldn't have gotten just by at the time, looking at blogs that I already liked or whatever, right? Yeah, it does seem like the blog world took over the magazine space pretty clearly, even more than newspapers, I would say. Yeah, and like I, it's Substack now, it's the same. Yeah, I was going to say, I do subscribe to, like, Defector, for instance, it's like a sports blog. It was all the people who used to work at Deadspin quit as a group when they were taken over by, a like, a hedge fund, basically. Um, it started to suck, and the management was terrible, so they left. And then a year later, started their own website called Defector, and their writing's really good. They do good sports stuff. So subscribe to that. So that is like a magazine. It's like a daily magazine because there's new posts basically every day. But it has the same function as magazine writing where it's like sort of short articles about stuff that I care about or I'm interested in, little features and that kind of thing. But it's a different sort of intake, I suppose, than, than a magazine would come yeah. like I think, every uh, month or You so. know, it's not surprising that stuff like The New Yorker, yep. The Atlantic are still being made and are in circulation. Um, what I'm curious more about, I think, is the more niche magazines. Mm. I think I mentioned this maybe in our conversation before when we came up with this idea. I used to stock magazines at a bookstore maybe 15 years ago. I was like in charge of the magazine section. And some of the mm. stuff that was out Books there was just like, you know, I would be, we would get a shipment in and there would be like six different magazines devoted to like sailing. And even in 2005, you know, I was like, why do all of these exist? But now, like, I can't imagine in 2022, right. like, what purpose, what function does that serve? Except for, like you said, maybe decoration, <laughs> right? Because, like, what can you learn about sailing yeah, maybe in a so. monthly magazine that you won't already have sought out on the internet if you're looking for it? I mean, books like that are about the pictures, though, right? Like, we used to call, I used to get a bunch of ski magazines. We literally called it ski porn. If they wrote anything in it, I certainly wasn't reading it. Even back then, you just look at the mm -hmm. pictures, cut some out, you know? And I imagine that the sailing things are the same. Like, oh, it's December. I can't go sailing. Let's look pictures of yachts, right? Well, why not? Let's go to Google Images and find them whenever we want to. Because it's that, it's that decoration piece, I think, right? Where like if you, you know, if you're someone that has a lot of guests or whatever, you are typically going to be thoughtful of what's in your in your living room or whatever, right? And you, people, people that care, care a lot of those kind of things. And they will, I mean, those magazines now are like 15 bucks. If you go to that shelf at the exit of the, you know, the checkout at the grocery store and there's like the Life magazine, like the history of Elvis or whatever, right? And there's those, those things. They're seriously like $15 and they're just, they're just. Yeah. Big glossy books of pictures. I mean, there is also an element of curation involved in magazine publishing too, right? So that's one of the differences between the, you know, go to the Google yep. images to look for pictures of yachts or look at Yacht Weekly is the pictures in Yacht Weekly come through an editor. You know, there's intention behind the, I mean, you know, not to say that it's all like high art, but just like at least someone thought about this should go here, this should go here. There's that Pat Oswalt bit from like his first standard album about um, Piss Drinkers Magazine and like the editorial meeting of piss drinkers magazine and how like the boss gets mad at you for not writing a good enough article about piss drinking which is like it's a good bit but also it's like even the weirdest subject at a magazine someone cares about the way it's put together and like there's there's some sort of desire to have it look like a professional publication of some kind which i appreciate yeah and you don't get that sure. same level of if you do google images you just get like a glut of imagery you know, so just like sort through yourself and see what you like and there's something to be said for that too but i do think that the, the yeah. curation does add something that you're missing from just searching what did magazines mean for you like growing up dude i subscribed to ranger rick ranger rick that was one of my top yes. three yep ranger rick fucking ruled i love ranger rick and sports illustrated for kids yep 
I also loved. And mm-hmm. I had a pullout poster of Bo Jackson from Sports Illustrated for Kids that was two-sided. On the one side, he was in his Rams or Raiders uniform. On the other side, he was in the Royals uniform. It was great. Yeah, I love those two. I read the, I read those cover to cover, you know, every month. Uh, and it was M- psyched. Multiple when, times, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I always read them. When I got older... I got really into Entertainment Weekly, and I would read those like cover to cover multiple times a month as well. Especially their special editions. Like if there was like an Oscars preview, holy shit, that thing got torn apart because I was reading it so often. What about you, Brick? Ranger Rick and Sports Illustrated for Kids were two of the ones that yeah. were really big for me. And then surprise, surprise, Nintendo Power. Oh sure, yeah, totally. I still have all of my Nintendo Powers in a bin downstairs. Nice. I would read them, and they're tattered. Like I would read them cover to cover daily until the next month with another one or i think it was every other month i can't remember but right that was like really a contributing factor to me like wanting to read all the time mm, you know mm-hmm. um because that was when i was i don't know seven or eight mm-hmm. and i would just pour over them i would get so excited for the next one to come it was just they were great you know and back then those were there wasn't the internet you know so totally. like, that was the only way to access that stuff right the only way you got information about sports was by watching you know we didn't even have ESPN at the time, so it was just the sports section of the of the NBC News or whatever, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, or the so paper. being able to access, it felt like having like some kind of like secret access to things. Yeah, and plus like pictures too, like the the same thing with the yacht magazine, yeah. like the glossy pictures of Jordan or whatever was like such a, yeah. a huge uh, pull for me. Yeah, and Ranger Rick was almost all pictures, yes. right? I don't even remember. I'm sure it had little captions on like this is a armadillo. <laughs> 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 <This is perfect. laughs> Another one that I never had, but I, I always got super pumped about, mostly for the stickers, was highlights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Highlights ruled. I did. We had a highlight subscription for a little bit, but how I mostly associate with the doctor's office? It was, it was always there, and so the stickers. It came with those smiley face stickers. That those things had mm. some. Uh, they had they had tangible value. In oh them. yeah, totally. That was a good collectible. And I was really into Goofus and Gallant, and I was really into the Tinker Toes. Or Timbertoes, sorry. The little image find on the cover was huge. Man, I love those things. Yeah. A little later, in like the late 90s, early 2000s, magazines started like computer magazines would come with like yeah, discs of software and AOL mu- hours. Mu- music magazines would come well yeah but that, those those things were just frisbees but but like you could so like i would get you know i had a mac and like it was pretty hard to get anything on a mac because nothing was sold in stores so you get like these demo right. discs that were super cool right or rolling stone and spin like sometimes those would come with music yeah. sample discs cmj uh, which were awesome was a huge one yeah and we used to we used to just scam the shit out of all those like <laughs> what was it what are those things like was it Columbia House oh, yeah, sure. where you could get mm-hmm. the get the music and they had they had magazine ones too where you could just we would just um, add apartment numbers to our to our address so we would do all these free trials so we would just have like <laughs> hundreds of magazines and so you get like 10, 10 DVDs for the price of two and then you would do it fifteen times and then you would get like five magazine you know <laughs> trials or whatever and then we would just add like two A and they, they either didn't care or never right. caught on so we would just get so much. Like for a while in that early 2000 period, we just had every fucking magazine come around. <laughs> yeah, those CDs were were big, especially the there are a couple from C- CMJ that I like listened to well after I bought it. Like the sampler disc, I just like love the songs in it. And then another yeah. big one for me was Wizard, the comics, the comic price, uh, comic buyer's guide, whatever. Man, Wizard was a huge thing. Beckett. Beckett. Beckett was Wizard for baseball cards. Oh right, gotcha. Yeah, Wizard was great. And the thing about Wizard that I love too was. I mean, I, the price guide was whatever. I would look up to see if, like, fucking JLA number one had an increase in price, whatever. I thought it was important at the time. But more than important than that was the column. So I love, because the writers were funny, or at least I thought they were funny at the time. They probably aren't. 
now, but I was like, that's what I wanted, which is like the hilarious humor of the wizard writing staff. I was like, imagine being able to do this for a living, like writing hilarious jokes about comics and superheroes. And then like, that's amazing. That's the most fun job ever. Uh, so I loved it for that reason. I just love the, the regular features, which is something that I, I do look forward to with like modern magazines and, and blog form. Is so that kind of regular voice? You want that sort of that blog writer's sort of tone because you get kind of hooked on it in some ways. Yeah. See with podcasting. Yeah. I mean, really, I think podcasts are the new zines, right? You know, so zines in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, I suppose, as well. Sort of like a way to sort of everyone can publish their own thing to have independent voices without the gatekeeping of the publishing industry has yeah. totally shifted to podcasts where you can have personal pals doing their recording about whatever they want to and put it on iTunes and it's available and it's out there and you can listen to it and there's no one to tell you not to do it or to make it better <laughs> except for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, did you have like pivotal magazines when you were a kid? Did you read Sports Illustrated for kids? I saw for kids, Sports Illustrated itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, always kept a sharp eye out for a mid-February <laughs> edition of that. <laughs> yeah. Beckett's too, you know, baseball cards, baseball digest. No surprise, I guess. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of baseball magazines. Every mm-hmm. year around this time, there would come out like six to eight, like different versions of baseball season previews. And I would buy like, four or five of them, even though they all basically said the same thing. <laughs> but I would read everything in all of those Yeah. also. I definitely always still buy a fantasy football guide in mm. magazine form, even though there's plenty of them online yeah. and various, like the Ringer has one and ESPN has their own, but I buy a, a magazine just to read through the picks and they're always outdated because the magazine public, is published in like whatever June and then everyone's hurt by August, so it doesn't matter necessarily, yeah. but man, I'll get a baseball one it. too. Yeah. Even though it's all also info you can find online, there's you know obviously something different about the experience of flipping through an actual thing. Yeah. Well, the fantasy ones that's too. True. You can write yeah, the hell totally. all over them, and that's fun. And like mark out the the pullout sheet when you're doing your draft, and like mark out who's been taken, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, this is making me want to start reading some more magazines. <laughs> this discussion is maybe the nostalgic. It's funny if you go to a bookstore, there's still tons of them, right? Uh, not just lit mags. I mean, there's tons of lit mags out there. Too many. They're as we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way too many. <laughs> we still need to do our episode where we read through one T to B and make sense of it. Try. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of music magazines out there. There's tons of stuff that things that I love, like topics that I care about. That I could be reading, but I spend most of time on Twitter instead, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's the downside is that like the I say that I don't have enough time to read these things. I definitely I definitely do. I just spend that time reading Twitter and then staring at the distance because Twitter made me sad. Well, so one last thought I suppose was that kind of tied to what we had talked about earlier is that we don't read literary magazines really at all, which is funny because we have a literature podcast and we're all writers uh readers but it just seems less interesting you know uh do you have thoughts on that like what what repels you from literary magazines like even when it comes to new yorker when i read at my parents house when i'm there i don't read the fiction often i just kind of skip over i mostly read the articles and the reviews especially it's what i'm most interested in i did read one story when i was home for christmas i was like this sucks <laughs> it's like why did i do this to myself yeah i don't know what 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 keeps you from engaging with the magazine literary world i think part of it would be my mental approach to each issue like i Hmm. when i finish a book i look at you know i pick out a few books that i might want to read next but it's an overwhelming number right and like throwing one more thing into that mix feels daunting yeah but then also you know i kind of feel like once i start a literary magazine i would feel compelled to read everything in it Mm -hmm. rather than just like bounce around and read a couple stories a couple of poems whatever and that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. There's this uh, <laughs> organization, I guess, I don't Journal of the Month or something it's called, and they will send you a random 
literary magazine, you can choose like monthly or quarterly and they'll just send you like, okay, this month we're sending out a, a, an issue of plowshares. So it just mm-hmm. like gives you a sampling because there are so many literary magazines. Like we talked about this on that episode. I think like, where do you even start? Like, yeah. How do you choose what to read when there's so many and so many of them just suck? Yeah. I, this might be a preview for maybe our next topic, but uh, sometimes I find myself, especially when it comes to that kind of reading, more wanting to have read mm. than to read. And yeah. so it's <laughs> Yeah. Cause it's not ultimately worth the time. If it's not something like I'm excited, you know, like if I were to pick up, you know, the New Yorker or, you know, see, a literary like flip through a literary magazine on a shelf somewhere and see like an author that i either really love or like oh i haven't thought about this person in 15 years i wonder like mm. that would get me to read it but i don't really just want to like i don't know a lot of we, you know, we talked this one to death too but we spend enough time in that world that a lot of what people say is good i i don't like yeah. so <laughs> i don't really feel like putting in the time to find out for myself if it's, if it's good yeah that is yeah, definitely another right. part of it like my experience back when i was reading them more regularly was you know about the most i could ever hope for was to read a story and at the end be like oh, okay that was good you know that was fine whereas i can read a book mm-hmm. and just at the end be like yeah. fucking hey that was amazing you know totally mm-hmm. surprising yeah. i never experienced that with literary magazines it's like, all right, huh. this story is fine. No. That story is, yeah, that was all right. Whatever. You know, nothing ever excited me in them. Right. Yeah, it's just a needle in a haystack. They're out there, but I'm not right. doing. I'm not doing the work. Well, it's funny is that a lot of the writers that we like, like let's take Stuart Dibbick, for instance. Like you would have discovered mm-hmm. him through a literary magazine at some point. Yep. You know, when was Pet Milk first published? I don't know exactly. I can't remember the top of my head what magazine it appeared in, but I'm sure it was somewhere. Well, yeah, or like Saunders did with Hot Ice, and when he came across, yeah, that right. And- Antaeus. Antaeus? I'm content to let someone mm. else do the discovery now, I guess, you know, and then I'll skim the cream. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you find yeah, the cream? That makes sense. I don't, I, I don't know. Like they, they, they become, they get books out, mm. right? And then someone tells me the book's good. Mostly what one of you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen to my podcast and give my suggestions for what I should read. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, listeners, tell us uh, about your magazine reading. What do you subscribe to? What did you subscribe to? What do you like? And what are you looking for in those magazines? And and tell us those things on Twitter at YakBabies. You can also email us at YakBabiesPodcast at gmail.com with those thoughts and ideas and suggestions and reprimands if you want to yell at us. That's fine. Also, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash YakBabies, where our bonus podcast lives. Now, I'm telling you, there's good stuff going on on the Patreon. For $1 a month is all we're asking. You get access to all of it. And there is a really really great new series out called 101 ghost jokes ranked where we ranked 101 ghost jokes from the book 101 ghost jokes and it's amazing it's really fun it's maybe the best thing we've ever done for sure in our lives i mean that it covers everything that covers my career as a teacher it covers everything we've done as people it's really funny and worth your time for sure there's also fun things too there's uh, there's games there's bonus episodes there's stuff cut from this episode that uh, <laughs> didn't make it to air that you can hear there if you want to lots of fun happening on the patreon and then our merch you can get at tinyurl.com slash yakbabies where we have shirts and posters all designed by brick and they're all very funny and very good so get those too until then yak babies yakking off the yak babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners and especially their patrons both past and present including michael bonnie sebastian david roger kathleen bailey andrew and william howard taft Yay!